Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town, and welcome to Nats every couple nights, Lee. I don't know if that works. Sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page on the line after the Nationals' second straight win in Philadelphia, 4 nothing tonight. Dave, the big story on the mound, Strass Bunny. Nine starts since his first DL stint of the season, 2380 RA, 1.36 walks per nine, 11.21 K per nine, a 183, 216, 340 line against, and 53 innings pitched. Four hitless to start tonight on 53 pitches, a single to start the fifth, but three Ks follow, nine total on 69 pitches and five scoreless, 10 Ks, 85 pitches and six scoreless, 95 pitches, 13 Ks, and seven scoreless. He adds 14 to match his career high. Uh, 105 pitches total, eight scoreless innings, gets 30 swings and misses, which is the third highest total in the last 10 years, according to ESPN Stats and Info. We'll talk about Strasburg's future with the Nationals in a minute, but for tonight, just a dominant performance on the mound against a clearly overmatched and underpowered uh, Phillies lineup. Just scintillating. Can I use that adjective, scintillating? I mean, he was just um, – he was fun to watch tonight. I mean, this is the Steven Strasburg uh, – that we've seen glimpses of on occasion where he's just completely dominant. Uh, he's mixing all of his pitches. He's getting swings and misses against an inferior offensive team. Um, you know, this was just uh, clearly one of his best performances uh, as, a, as a professional. Um, the fastball, the changeup, the curveball, I mean, just everything was just really working for him tonight. Um and and combined with the offensive output that they got, especially from the, the particular player that they got they got output from. I mean, these are the nights that, that Nats fans dreamed of heading into the season. Um, it, it's just a shame that it comes now uh, in a meaningless September mid September game against um, against a bottom division team, um, that, that, and it really has no bearing on the standings. So let's let's just put that aside for now. Enjoy uh, the tremendous performance by. Um, by one of Tom, one of the top ten pitchers in the game when he's completely healthy, and it's clear that he's completely healthy, uh, throwing with ease and just dominating major league hitters right now. I swear this is not just in reaction to what we saw tonight or in the last two starts where he's that struck out uh, with 14, 13, 27 batters in uh, 15 and a third innings, I think, which is kind of ridiculous, but. What do the Nats do with Steven Strasburg going forward? Will they let their 0-9 number one overall pick walk after next season when he's set to become a free agent under team control for one more year? Do they try to get an extension with him this winter? Once he gets into that walk year, extension's pretty unlikely, as we've seen with Ian Desmond and Jordan Zimmerman this year. Maybe the Nats, in my opinion, might be more willing to spend on him since they know his medicals. They've watched every pitch he's thrown as a professional uh, is Scott Boris ever going to let him sign before he hits free agency when he could go out there and get a really big deal after recovering from Tommy John surgery? If they don't sign him this winter, do they trade him? Is a draft pick in return for Strasburg if you give him a qualifying offer and he leaves after next year enough? So what do you think the Nationals do going forward? I gave you like six questions to work with there. I apologize for that. Well, no, and there are a lot of options here. Um, and you mentioned all of the factors. You know, he's, he's the number one draft pick. Um, so much has been invested in him um, medically, professionally, um, education-wise. Um, you know, we, we've made mention of how he's one of the top ten pitchers in the game when he's completely healthy. Uh, the problem is that, that he's rarely completely healthy. 
um, you know, the, the Nats have already established a, a pattern now of allowing impending free agents to go into their walk year and, and walk without signing them or trading them, as we saw this year with the with the four free agents. Uh, um, you know, the only one that they traded was of the of the five was Clippard. Um, so it, it's going to be completely fascinating. You mentioned all the options: sign him, trade him, uh, let him walk. Um, you know, I don't know what the Nats do. If it's, if it's me, um, I try to sign him to a long term extension. Um, obviously, uh, Strasburg is, is represented by Scott Boris, who very rarely lets high-profile high players um, not test free agency. So um, it, it would be surprising um, on that level if the Nats, the Nats are going to have to overwhelm Scott Boris to, to sign Strasburg to, a, to an extension. So um, a lot of factors in play. I'd like to see them try to try to get the long-term extension, but um, but but again, uh, there are a lot of factors that that will block that, including the Nats' only own team philosophy um, of the last season, allowing uh, the high-profile free agents to to simply walk. So um, this is going to be a soap soap opera uh, that's going to be fascinating to watch, and then we'll have to see it two years uh, down the road when Bryce Harper enters his free agent year. With Strasburg, though, uh, you're worried about the injury concerns. He hasn't had any problems with the elbow again, but signing him to a long-term contract when, as Thomas Boswell put it earlier this season, he's already on his second elbow, uh, worrying about the injury issues this year where he's in and out of the rotation, giving a long-term deal to a guy like that is definitely you know, a risky proposition. But like you see tonight, the talent that he has when he's on, and as you mentioned, when he's fully healthy, he's just, I mean, he's a dominating pitcher. He's capable of being one of the best pitchers in the game, if not the best when he's at his best. But it's a lot of money to invest and have two of your rotation guys with the rota- uh, money they're going to have to put to get Strasburg signed to some sort of an extension, along with uh, Max Scherzer's $210 million. You're going to have a lot of money put into your first two starters and one of them's a 32-year-old who has uh, six more years left on his contract, and one of them's a 27 going on 28-year-old who's had injury issues so far in his career. Right, and, and, and therein lies the, the the problem. I mean, anytime you sign a pitcher to a long-term deal, um, you know whether he comes into that deal completely healthy or not, you always have those concerns. I mean, that, that's a risk when you're um, when you're entertaining signing pitchers to a long-term contract. Um, that risk is inherent among all 30 major league teams. It's not just the Nationals. So um, the Nats have to weigh what they know of his medicals against, um, you know, against anybody else. And, and you know, when they signed Scherzer to a long-term deal, I'm sure they had the doctors, you know, go over go over his, his medicals. Um, that we know of, Strasburg hasn't had any problems with his shoulder or his elbow since recovering from Tommy John surgery. He had a lot of problems with back and neck and 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 that type of thing and and, and the ankle this year. Um, through the whole time, they maintained that that you know despite back and shoulder problem, back and neck problems, that it wasn't it wasn't his shoulder, it wasn't his elbow. Um, you know, we uh, meaning the the public um, can only assume um, that the Nats are telling us the truth in that instance. So um, so there aren't any you know red flags when you're talking about shoulder and elbow, but um, you know the the back, the neck. These are things that um, that are, are fluky injuries that aren't necessarily chronic. So um, you know, again, a lot of things to weigh. Um, but anytime, I mean, the Nats have shown that they are willing to sign pitchers to a long-term deal, as they did with Scherzer, um, and they did with Gio Gonzalez. 
so they're not afraid to sign pitchers to a long term. It'll just be interesting to see if Scherzer, I mean, if, if Strasburg is one of those pitchers they decide to extend like that. Just looking a little more into the future before we get back into tonight's game, I asked that doghouse the other night who he saw as a 2016 rotation. The pitchers you just mentioned, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Geo, likely to be on top, barring any surprising moves there. But what do you think is going to fill out the rotation with uh, some other two other pitchers you mentioned, Jordan Zimmerman, Doug Fister, likely gone after this year unless Nationals for some reason bring Fister back, which I, I don't see happening at this point. Tanner Roark could slide back in there. Joe Ross has certainly made a good impression. A.J. Cole had a rough outing in his first one up, but I don't think they've given up on him at all as a prospect. So opening day rotation 2016, knocking on wood here and barring any injuries, who do you think is going to be the top five in the Nationals rotation? Well, Scherzer, Strasburg, Gio, uh, those three are locks. I think Joe Ross is pretty close to a lock. Um, if the Nets don't go out and sign a free agent pitcher, um, uh, to a two- or three-year deal type of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't see them going and signing Zach Greinke. You and I would both love to see that. Um, I think the most logical scenario would be for Tanner Roark to take the fifth spot, um, expecting Lucas Giolito to claim it by midseason um, if Giolito wow. doesn't flat out on opening day. At the bowl, that would be a big jump for him as well, though. We've seen the Nationals bring a number of pitchers up from Double uh, A, and he's more talented than anyone they brought up so far. So A.J. Cole might get bumped in that case. But it would be interesting to see what they do going forward. They have a lot of pitchers to choose from, not to mention Eric Fetty. I wrote a few weeks back about him as well. When the Nats drafted him, they talked about drafting an injured pitcher like that and said you only do it if you think he's a quick-to-the-majors type. And as a guy who went to three years of college, he's going to be older than 23-24 uh, next season you got to keep an eye on him, too, though. I think he's going to be a little bit slower since he's just coming off Tommy John. But interesting to see what they do going forward. Jumping back into the night's game, though, the big offense came from Bryce Harper, number 38, with two out in the first, two pitches after David Buchanan threw one behind his legs, which was questionable. Uh, any doubt in your mind, he's the MVP at this point. Eight home runs in his last 11 games after he hit another one, a two-run opposite field blast that left off Adam Lowe and later in the game. 39 home runs on the year. Uh, he leads first in the NL in average OBP, slugging percentage, uh, Fangraph war, run scored, I do believe, as well. He's piling up the walks, over 100 walks at this point. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind he's the NL MVP? And please do not say Jonas is fed us to me. No. Um, you know, if, if, he, if tonight was the last game he played and he finished with a 1-1-3-4 OPS, that would be the highest OPS in the National League since Barry Bonds in 2004. Um, you know, if Bryce Harper is not the MVP of the National League this season, then they should stop holding the vote. I mean, all this guy <laughs> has done is been a dominant offensive performer all season long in the National League, not just for the past month, but all season long. Um, and he's played very good defense on top of that. I mean, he has... He single-handedly carried the Nationals' offense all summer um, until the pitching staff broke down in the last month of the season here. I mean, he is the definition of most valuable player. Um, and and Joanna Suspeta's, um last five weeks notwithstanding, um, you know, he's only Suspedes is only going to finish with two months in the National League. You can't give a National League MVP to a guy for two months. You just If you were going to do that, then you could do it for the guy that, that that had a tremendous April and May and then broke his leg. You just it's just it's silly to entertain the idea. If Giannis Suspetis played in any other market other than New York, we wouldn't even be talking about him like this. 
he's been on a tremendous run, and that's not to take anything away from him. But I don't think there's any way you bypass Bryce Harper for him or anyone else in the NL at this point. And that's not just spoken as a Nationals fan; that's spoken as a fan of baseball in general, who's watched what this 22-year-old is is able to do this season, and it's just completely in awe that he's actually turned into the player everyone kind of predicted he would be when he was 16. And first of two trivia questions for you tonight is Bryce Harper related. Uh, he's over 100 walks, 100 runs scored so far this season. He's one of two players in current Nats history, 2005 through present, to do that. Any idea who the other one is? 100 walks and and 100 runs scored, over 100 walks, over 100 runs scored. Oh jeez. Um <laughs> Adam Dunn. It is not Adam Dunn. One more guess. It was a first baseman, I'll give you that hint. Uh Nick Johnson. There you go. Glass Nick did it as well. I think that's a pretty impressive company there for Nick Johnson, not for Bryce Harper. Uh Anthony Randone, game uh opening home run last night. This is our part two of our trivia. Three other people this season on the Nationals roster have hit opening uh, at bat home runs this year. Can you name the other three? Denardi and you know Barr and Michael Taylor. There you go. I'm giving you two Woo-hoo! for two tonight. And if if we had some sort of buzzer, I'd give it to you. <laughs> Big win for the Nationals all around. My uh, other question for you tonight. I have doghouse this as well. Uh, we haven't seen much of. Uh, Trey Turner so far this season, but he's been up with the Nationals. They're giving him a little exposure to the major league level, getting him uh, involved with the team, familiar with all the players that are up here, the coaches and people that are seemingly going to be here, at least some of them next season. But who do you think is going to be the Nationals' opening day shortstop in 2016? There's always always a chance the Nationals are going to hold him back a little bit to start to keep the arbitration clock backed up a little bit, especially since they brought him up early this season. But if he's going to be your everyday shortstop going forward, you might just forget about that altogether and worry about signing signing him to an extension and buying out those arbitration years in a few years. But uh, Ian Desmond's likely gone. Do you trust Danny Espinosa on a daily basis, or do you think Trey Turner is going to be the opening day shortstop next season? Well, I think with everything that Turner did in the in the minor leagues this year, he deserves a shot for it in spring training. Uh, the Nats kind of are fortunate here. They're they're flexible that they also have uh, Danny Espinosa and Yunel Escobar, both players that have played major league level at shortstop. Um, so they could always go back to either one of those guys. But um, but I really I would like to see Trey Turner given every opportunity to win the job in spring training. I think he's the most complete player for that position. I like Espinosa um, as a as a bench player. Um, uh, you know, a lot better than I like him starting every day in the, in the lineup. I don't see them going out and spending money uh, to fill that position. I think uh, Rizzo made the deal to acquire Trey Turner with the idea that he was going to take over for Desmond this year. Um, so I really see the Nats giving him every opportunity to win the position on the spring training. And not to focus solely on 2016 when 2015 isn't over yet, so it's pretty much over. Uh, the infield in that case, are you moving UNL Escobar over to second as originally planned? I personally like Anthony Rendon at third base a lot better. I think he offers you enough in defense that it's worth keeping him over there and getting UNL to play a new position. But assuming that's the case, are you looking at a Rendon, uh, Turner, Escobar, and Zimmerman at infield on opening day, assuming Ryan Zimmerman can get back and be healthy? 
I think that that's the most uh, um, defensively uh, uh, solid way to, to line those guys up. I mean, let's not mince words. You know, Escobar has been a horrible third baseman. He's been one of the um, worst third baseman in the National League, numbers-wise. Um, he can't be any worse moving him over to second base. Uh, he's played middle infield his entire career up until this year. Um, I think Anthony Rendon is one of the three or four best fielding third baseman in the league. I think he's passable at second base, but I think he's a much better third baseman than second baseman. So I would like to see um I would like to see that next year. Um whether that they go that way or not is an entirely uh, different question. Um I think you know you know Escobar has been a valuable player uh, with his bat this year and and um since there is another year on his contract, I think they'll do everything they can to find him a full-time position. Um I just think that he's been brutal at third base and they should move him off of there. I tend to agree. I wonder how his range is going to play at second and wonder if he can reproduce what he's done this year. But it is nice having Danny Espinosa as that backup who's, if nothing else, a proficient defensive second baseman that you can slot in there if necessary. But still think there's hope for the future. Maybe not this season, but they're 74 and 70 after the second straight win over the Phillies. A chance to sweep tomorrow. Adam Morgan against Gio Gonzalez in the Battle of the Left-Handers, 7.05 p.m., Matt's Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page in federalbaseball.com. Find Zach Renke, and I'll talk to you tomorrow, Dave. Free Trey Turner. <laughs> Doghouse says go Nats.